Good morning. Happy Easter to you. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And we are glad that you are here to celebrate Resurrection Sunday with us. Welcome to everyone. Uh, we're glad you're here today and hope God will bless you in a very special way on this very special day. Uh, we welcome our guests, especially this morning, and, and hope you'll feel a part of our family as we worship the Lord together. And if you would be so kind to do us a favor, we would like to ask everyone, our members and our guests alike, uh, to fill out the attendance sheets that are on each row. There's a, there's a clipboard there, and if you would just take that and to pass it down the row and put your name and address and email address and things like that, we would certainly appreciate it. And we'd love to add you to our email um, a newsletter that we send out each each week. It uh, gives you an idea of some of the things that we have going on here at Community Baptist Church. And uh, so if you would do that, we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, meanwhile, while you're doing that, one of the things we love to do around here is to express the love of God to each, each other. So let me invite you to stand up, stand up and turn around and shake the hands of the people around you. Just greet each other in the name of the Lord for just a moment. Thank you so much. What a joy it is to express the love of Christ and to uh, celebrate Christ's resurrection together. Just a few announcements I'd like to bring to your attention this morning. Um, First of all, uh, many of you were here earlier today. We had a sunrise service uh, this morning at 6.30 here at the church, and, and Mary Rye uh, uh, preached during that ser- service, and it was an absolutely wonderful, wonderful service. And understand that that service has already been uploaded onto our website already. Thank you, Nibby. You're right on top of things there. So if you missed the service this morning, I know it was hard to get up today, uh, but if you missed that service this morning and would like to hear it, you can go on our website, uh, uh, www.communitybaptistchurch.org, and, uh, and download that, and, and we'd love to invite you to do that. Just a few other things I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, some of you know that it's been a busy week, a busy weekend. Yesterday, many people were here uh, preparing and selling burgoo. This was a fundraiser for our uh, local mission projects, and um, we almost sold out of burgoo. And thank you, by the way, all of you folks that uh, stirred pots and kept the fire going and put the ingredients in. It was great, and uh, the burgoo is absolutely excellent. Um, but we almost sold out, and the operative word there is almost. I think we have about 15 gallons that uh, that we can that we would love to sell to you. And so if you would like to have some of this world famous burgoo, uh, then world famous. Absolutely. Um, then then go back to the kitchen area after the worship service and we'll be glad to sell you 
15 gallons if you want it. <laughs> uh, several other things. We will be having, uh, we'll be serving lunch at the uh, Salvation Army on Saturday. And if you would like to help and participate with that, you can see Christine Cornelius with that. And, um, and we will also need to have a very brief business meeting on Wednesday. Uh, and so I need to announce that today. It's not, it's not a regular business meeting, so it'll be a called meeting. It'll be about two minutes long. And it, it has something to do with legal stuff that Chris is talking about. I think you're getting the name of uh, Community Baptist Church Incorporated on the deed. So we have to take a vote to do that. So it's, it's legal stuff. So, uh, but we do need to announce that we'll be doing that on, on Wednesday. One more thing. Uh, we recognize that Easter is a day when a lot of family come in from out of town. And a lot of times uh, people get together on Easter. And so we want to offer you something today for Easter. And I know that on Easter, a lot of times people are taking pictures, you know, the family members and posing out here by the, uh, by the, the, the flowers and stuff like this. But if, if family is taking pictures of each other, then there's always somebody left out of the picture, isn't it? Because somebody's got to take the picture. Well, today after the worship service, we're going to offer you a family photo. If you will just, where do we go here? Where do we go, Mary? Right over here? Back, back over by the Coke machine here uh, to sign up, to sign a little form. Pepsi, that'll be fine. I'm from Georgia. There's no such thing as Pepsi in Georgia. <laughs> but, but go over here and you'll sign a form so we'll make sure we get the right photo to the right person and then come over here and a professional photographer, John Dunham, will be taking our our photos, and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and we, inv- we invite you to do that, and we will have that photo for you. You can either come back next week and get it, or we can email it to you, or we can send it to you in the mail. Uh, but we need to have that information uh, uh, if you would like to do that. So we invite you to do that uh, after the worship service today. We're glad that you're here today, and we are here to worship the Lord on Resurrection Sunday. So join me. In our call to worship, which is a responsive reading printed in your worship folder. O Lord Jesus Christ, who upon this day did conquer death and rise from the dead, and who is alive forevermore, help us never to forget your risen presence forever with us. That you are with us in every time of sorrow to comfort and console. That you are with us in every time of temptation to strengthen and to That you are with us in every time of loneliness to cheer and to befriend. That you are with us Make us to be certain that there is nothing in time or in eternity which can separate us from you, so that in your presence we may meet life with gallantry and death without fear. You turn our darkness into light. In your light we shall see light. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Amen.
Let us hear from the Word of God as we read the Easter story today coming from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning with verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus's head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up and placed by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And supposing him to be the gardener, She said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rebani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And so Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that she that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for you and for me. Praise be to God. Let us pray. We have gathered in this house of worship, O God, because this is a very significant day. For this day, we worship the Christ who has been raised from the dead. And because he has been raised from the dead, we too have been raised with Christ to new life. Therefore, we will seek the things that are for our neighbor, as Christ has done, and set our minds on things other than ourselves. The old self has died and is now hidden with Christ in God. Christ is our life now. So let us enter in this time of worship with joy and with celebration. For death has been overcome and Christ is risen indeed. Amen. Boys and girls, it's almost your time. We do want to remind you that during our offering time, when we get through with that last hymn and get after that prayer, 
Children's Church is available for second grade and below, and it goes through that door right back there where that light is, and they'll be meeting in there, and they'll be, be holding them there till we get out of here. And so if, you, if, you have, if you're visiting with us and don't haven't done that yet, we would welcome you to do that. Also, we have our nursery worker, a paid nursery worker, who is back in our nursery area over here. If you want to do those, are fine, but you may have kids that like it out here. And that's great, too. Boys and girls, if you want to, we want you to come down for our children's time that's in here right now. And you can be over here, sit on the floor, or you can sit in a chair there. If you haven't been here before and want a big person to come with you to help you, that would be great, too. We've got a lot today, don't we? <laughs> Has everybody been busy this morning? Have you had a busy morning? Have you already hunted Easter eggs? Or are you going to do that when you get home? I have been really busy this weekend, too. I spent last night, I didn't know if y'all know, but I kind of have a talent for art. And uh, last night I was up late working on a picture, and I just think it's the perfect picture. It's got my house in it, and uh, it's got some grass and flowers and the sun, because, of course, the sun helps the grass and flowers to grow. And I'm in the picture, too. You want me to share my picture with you? I'd like to show you all my picture. I'm going to have John Hodes here for me. Isn't that a nice picture? I'm just so proud of it. Do you see my house there? Isn't my house just perfect? It's what? Is it upside down? It is. Well, I didn't realize I hadn't done it correctly. Well, I'll do better next time, okay? But but what about the sun? Isn't my sun just shining really bright? It's square. Well, isn't it supposed to be square? What's it supposed to be? Round. Well, now that I know that, I will do better next time. But now you see me, I'm, I'm up there in the grass, up in the sky, walking on the grass. That, that looks good, doesn't it? No? Well, what's wrong with that? I need to be on the ground? Well, now that I know, I will try to do better next time. You know, I guess my picture's just all mixed up, isn't it? Yeah. It is? <laughs> well, sometimes, don't we get kind of mixed up? Do we sometimes not do everything right? Yeah. Do we sometimes maybe fight with our brothers and sisters? Or maybe we don't listen to what our parents tell us to do sometimes. And we get kind of mixed up, don't we? And when we get mixed up, you know, God's pretty patient with us. And God's just waiting for us to realize that maybe, we, maybe we're a little bit mixed up. And then we need to talk to God. And we need to ask for forgiveness. And did you notice that whenever you pointed out the different areas, like next time I'm going to make sure that my house is the right way. And I'm going to make sure the sun is round. And I'm going to put my feet on the ground. And uh, now, that I, now that you've pointed out where I was wrong, next time I'm going to try to do better. And that's what God wants us to do. When we go to God in prayer, God wants us to say, Look, God, I know I messed up, and I've got my life a little mixed up, and next time I'm going to try to do better. Okay? So let's bow our heads and close our eyes, and let's talk to God. God, we love you very much, and we thank you for sending your Son to give us that chance to do better, Lord. And uh, we get mixed up sometimes, but we're going to try to do better. In your name we pray. Amen.
Thank you.
I know you all find this hard to believe, but I was not always a good child. My mother used to tell me that I should write thank you notes. And sometimes I wrote them, and sometimes I didn't. But she impressed upon me the better, larger the gift, the more important it was to write a thank you note. We are here to celebrate the greatest gift ever given. And pardon me a minute. As I wrote my offering today, I looked at it as a thank you note to God, thanking him for his wonderful, wonderful gift. Let us pray. Oh, God, thank you. For now we truly know that you love us, that death cannot hold us. Nothing, nothing Nobody, no circumstance, no thing can ever, ever separate us, you, for all eternity. We look forward to that eternity with you and your presence with us today. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Again, happy Easter to everyone. We will be um, going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ today, of course, because it's Easter Sunday. Uh, but I, I hope we're going to take a little different approach uh, to this morning to the resurrection story because we're going to talk about the power of resurrection as seen through a story that Jesus told that we know of as the, the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, it can be found in Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 11. And it begins like this. <clears throat> Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now instead of waiting until you die." So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. And a few days later, the younger son packed up all of his belongings and went to a distant land where he wasted all of his money on wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept throughout the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him to feed his pigs, but the boy became so hungry that even the food that he was feeding to the pigs began to look good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired hands have enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired hand. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned both against heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Kill the the calf that we have been fattening up in the pen, for we must celebrate with a feast. This son of mine was dead, but now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Today, we are kicking off a brand new series of sermons on the topic of forgiveness. And I think it's appropriate that we start this series on Easter Sunday because without the resurrection, there would be no ultimate forgiveness. And without this ultimate forgiveness, it would be impossible for us to forgive ourselves and to forgive others and to live in the freedom that forgiveness has to offer to each of us. You know, forgiveness is a word that is often misunderstood because no one wants to admit that we need forgiveness. And so it's rare for us to seek forgiveness. And we also are often hesitant to offer forgiveness to others. And yet, forgiveness is a universal need, isn't it? And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the ultimate conclusion of God's plan to forgive us. For you see, that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to us today as we seek forgiveness and as we give forgiveness to others. And so with that in mind, 
I want to give you three levels of forgiveness that we're going to be talking about in the next several weeks. The first level of forgiveness is what might be considered the basic level of forgiveness, and that is forgiving ourselves. And while that may sound a little strange, a lot of us carry a lot of baggage around with us from our, the lives that we have lived. And, and so we, we have to learn how to forgive ourselves of all of that baggage that's hanging around our necks. And since this is a basic issue, we're going to spend all of next Sunday talking about that, about how to forgive ourselves. Then the next level of forgiveness is the issue of forgiving others. Now, a lot of people may think that this area is the ultimate forgiveness because it's very difficult to forgive other people, isn't it? It's hard to do. And many of us have, have experienced the pain and the hurt when someone has done us wrong. And it's hard for us to forgive them. And so in, in, in two weeks, we're going to look at how we forgive others. But the ultimate level of forgiveness is the forgiveness that you and I need to receive from God. And I believe that the reason it's so hard for us to sometimes forgive others and, and sometimes to forgive ourselves is, is that we, we haven't properly accepted our forgiveness from God. And so today I want us to explore this top level of forgiveness. And to illustrate that, I, I want us to look at that wonderful story of the prodigal son. Jesus was telling a number of stories about things that are lost. He told the story about the lost sheep and the lost coin. And then he tells us the story about a lost son. And from a theological perspective, this story of the prodigal son illustrates all of humanity's decision to turn their backs on God and to ultimately leave what is best for our lives. And what is best for our lives in this story is illustrated with that wonderful word, home, home. The story is an illustration of our need to find forgiveness because we have run away from home. We have run away from God. And, and in this parable, the son makes a conscious decision to come back home. And that's the way it is with us as well. So as we, we study this parable today, I, I hope that you'll open your mind to the possibility that you might just find yourself in this story. We just might be the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter. And I hope that we will acknowledge our need to return home to our loving God. For you see, God is indeed a loving Father who wants to restore this relationship with you. God is the one who wants to forgive you and to wipe the slate clean and to welcome you back into the family fold, even though you may have turned your back on God. For you see, Easter, Easter is the promise of that ultimate forgiveness. It's a promise that that ultimate forgiveness is possible. Easter is the promise that reconciliation between us and God is indeed available. Because that's the power of the resurrection. You and I can return home to God. And so with that in mind, I want us to, to take a look and see how we can find this ultimate forgiveness. I think the first thing that we need to do to find ultimate forgiveness is to recognize that we need God. 
to recognize that fact that we need God. Our scripture tells us that the young man left his home where he was loved and where he was cared for. He went off to a foreign land where he spent his inheritance on wild living. And I'm sure he had fun for a little while. He enjoyed himself. There was a, he, he enjoyed himself there. He was getting into things and he was having fun. He was spending his money. But there's a difference between momentary pleasure and lasting joy, isn't there? As a matter of fact, sometimes that momentary pleasure can get in the way of that lasting joy. And that was the case with this prodigal son. He left a better way of life to pursue a lesser way of life. And can there be a better definition of sin than that? Leaving a better way of life to pursue a lesser way of life. The prodigal son went off. With all of his inheritance, he proceeded to spend it all on his wild lifestyle. And the Bible said that eventually he ran out of money. And as fate would have it, a famine set in on the land. And the Bible says he began to starve. So he looked around and he saw a help wanted sign at the local hog farm. And he got a job feeding the pigs. Anybody here ever fed the pigs? You ever slopped the hogs? I see some of you have. Okay, so you know what kind of a job this is. This is not exactly what you would call your career goal, your, 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 your ultimate goal in life. This is not the glamorous job. This is one of those shows that ought to be on that cable show, the dirtiest jobs. You know, that it's not a glamorous job to have. And the Bible says that, that the boy became so hungry... That even the food that he was feeding to the pigs began to look good to him. You ever been that hungry? No. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. You, you, you go by the dumpster behind McDonald's and you see that half-eaten Big Mac laying there and you go, hmm, lunchtime. I don't know if you've ever been that hungry or not, but this guy begins to think that these pigs are eating better than he is. And then our story says that when he finally, and I love this phrase, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired hands have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. And so what did he do? He began to recognize That he was experiencing a lesser life than what was available to him. He recognized that he had settled for something less than the best. And so what does that mean for us? I think there are two very significant things here. And the first one is that he did come to his senses. I mean, think about it. Here he was in this pigsty. He's handing out slop for the hogs and he wakes up and says, you know, this isn't so nice. I've really got it bad here. Let's think about that pigsty for a moment. The pigsty in this story represents the illusion that sin offers to us. Because you see, when we begin to think about leaving God's best in order to pursue something less... At first, it may seem rather extravagant and something interesting. 
And that's the way it was for the prodigal. At first, he enjoyed his lifestyle. He had money to burn. But the end result of it all is that he finds himself in the pigsty. And that's what happens when we are caught up in the trap of sin. And sometimes God allows us to find, find ourselves at that point in our lives so that we will experience that wake-up call like the prodigal son experienced. So that we, we will come to our senses and realize that there's more to life than what we're experiencing. Then notice that he began to think about home. And I think there's a great symbolism in this story about the word home. He began to think about what he had lost by leaving his father. And for us, I think that means that we begin to turn towards our heavenly father so that we can begin to rediscover the abundant life that God has for us. So you see, the first step of finding forgiveness is to recognize our need for God because we have turned our back on God and, and, and we find ourselves in this miserable place. And when we do that, the only proper person to turn to is God. But folks, I want you to know something. I want you to know that long before you made the decision to come back to God, to come home to God, God took the first step towards coming home to you. Because you see, God desires a relationship with you more than you desire a relationship with God. And so God, 2,000 years ago, took the ultimate step of sending God's Son, Jesus Christ, to live on this earth, to die on a cross, to be raised again from the dead, so that He could show you that God has done everything necessary for you to come back home. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that God gave God's Son... Folks, when you wake up to the realization that you need God, you begin to realize that God has done everything that God needs to do for you to come home. And that brings us to the second thing that we must do to find this ultimate forgiveness, and that is that we must return home to God. And the first step in finding forgiveness is to recognize our need for God, and then we have to take action. We've got to come home. In our story, our hero is eaten with the pigs and, and he makes his decision. He says, I will go home to my father and I'll say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired hand. And then it says, so he returned home to his father. Folks, in this story, home, this is the place where the son belongs. It's the place where you belong. It's the place where he's happy. And so the son finally says, you know, this is stupid. It's stupid for me to live my life like this when I remember what home was like. It was so much better there. I'm going back home. So you see, in our story and in our lives, our home is with God. 
We were created to be in relationship with God. It's where we ought to be. And just as the son chose to turn his back on his father and leave home, we too decide to turn our backs on God and go our own way. You remember what we said sin is? God says, this is my best way for your life. This is my will for your life. It's over here. I want you to stay over here. I want you to follow this path. But we say, no, God, you know, I think I, I think I know better about how to live my life. And I'm going to go this way. That's called sin. And sin hinders our relationship with God. And the, and the only way to repair that relationship with God is for us to look at our lives and to say, Just as that son said, this is stupid. It's stupid for me to live my life in this way apart from God. And I'm not happy. There's emptiness in my life and I'm dealing with loneliness. I'm I'm dealing with a lack of purpose in my life. And and I know that if I were, were living over here with God, that I'd have a better life than this. And so we make that decision to turn back to God. You know, one problem that we have is that we all think that that journey home to God might be a hard, difficult journey. But here's the truth of the matter. The journey back to God is not a long, hard process. As a matter of fact, it's only one step. That's it. Sometimes we may think we have to be perfect, but you don't have to be perfect to come back home to God. You don't have to get rid of all of the sin in your life. Don't wait that long. Goodness sakes, you will be here all day. We'll be here from here to eternity. You don't have to get rid of all your sins in your life. You don't have to overcome all of your addictions. You don't have to have some supernatural revelation from God. You don't even have to have that warm, fuzzy feeling inside. To come back home to God. All you have to do is to take this one step. And to ask God for forgiveness. And if you take that one step towards God. The Bible tells us that God is going to cover the rest of the distance for you. But you see Easter. It's not about us overcoming our sins so that we can be with God. Easter is about God overcoming our sin so that God can be with us. For you see, because of what Christ has done in his life and in his death and in his resurrection, all of those things that that keep us away from God has been overcome. And basically what Easter has done is it has cleared the path home. And that's the whole point of Easter. No matter what your life is like, no matter what you have done, no matter how far you have traveled away from God. It's never too late. It's never too late to come back home. You may remember what happened in Atlanta a couple of years ago when Brian Nichols was on trial and downtown Atlanta, he escaped from a holding area by overpowering a guard and stealing her gun. He killed two guards and a couple of other people. 
There was a massive manhunt for Brian Nichols. At one o'clock the next morning, he was in the parking lot of an apartment complex just just about a mile or so away from where I used to live. And at that time, a 26-year-old single mother named Ashley Smith was returning home from going to the store to get a pack of cigarettes. And so Nichols got out of his car and he, he went up to Ashley Smith and he forced her into her apartment and held her hostage there. No doubt she was very afraid. And also, no doubt, Nicholas was Uh, Nichols was very panicky at this point. She asked him after a while if she could get something to read while she she was being held hostage. And he said yes. And and it turns out that Ashley was was doing some seeking of her own. And in in the process, uh, she was in the process of of getting some priority straight in her own life at this time. And, And so she got two books. She got her Bible. And the other book that she brought, brought out was the, the Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And she pulled out this book. She started reading it. And, and Brian asked her if she would read out loud. She happened to be on that part that was talking about service and how God has created all of us for a purpose. And Brian Nichols asked her an incredible question. He said, do you think God still has a purpose for me? Here's a man who had just killed four people. And he's holding somebody hostage at gunpoint. And he's asking, do you think that God still has a purpose for me? And her answer was, yes. If if you turn to God now, yes, God has a purpose for your life. It is never too late to turn to God. God's purpose may be sharing God's love in prison, but it's never, ever too late to turn back to God. Well, my friends, it may be too late for Brian Nichols to avoid spending the rest of his life in prison. But it's not too late for him to receive forgiveness from God. And it's not too late for him to have God's purpose and meaning for the rest of his life. You just have to take that one step of asking for forgiveness. And so maybe today is that day that you need to take that step back to God and ask God for forgiveness. Coming home. Remember, God's already taken the biggest step towards us. And that's what Easter is all about. That's the power of the resurrection. And so all we have to do is to come back home. To ask for forgiveness. And then receive God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Let's look for just a moment at how the father expressed his love and his forgiveness towards his wayward son. The the son returns home and the Bible says that while he was still a long way off, the father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son and he embraced him and kissed him. What a welcome. And I think this says a lot to us. Because folks, when you make that decision to come back to God, you need to know this. God's not mad at you. Like the father. In Jesus' story. God. 
runs out there to welcome you back home. And I know you may say, well, I turned my back on God, and that's true. But listen to this. God's not mad at you. We may say, well, I I said some things against God, and I said some things against the church and against other people, and, and that may be true, but God's not mad at you. God is the loving Father who operates towards us with a spirit of grace. And God is willing to offer that forgiveness to us today. And if we take that one step towards God, our Heavenly Father will receive us back home with rejoicing and with gladness. Just as the Father received His Son back home. And that's the power of resurrection. Because Easter reminds us that God's not mad at us. Instead, God desires a relationship with us and wants to forgive us and welcome us back home. Now notice what the father did. The father said, quick, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill the calf we've been fattening up in the pen. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead. And he has now returned to life. Sound familiar? He was lost. And now he has been found. It seems that this young man had his own kind of resurrection experience right here and right now. This son of mine was dead. But now he has returned to life. This is the power of Easter, my friends. Through Jesus' resurrection from the dead, each one of us may also find new life in Him. For we, were, we are dead in our sins. We're in the pigsty, if you will. We are wandering aimlessly with no purpose or no direction, but God wants to give us new life. God wants to welcome us home and God wants to take us from our purposeless existence to give us abundant life with ultimate purpose. God wants to resurrect us just as surely as God resurrected his son Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus was handed over to die because of our sin And he was raised from the dead to make us right with God. And that's the power of the resurrection. It is to make us right with God. You know, you may be ready to make that decision today to receive God's forgiveness. But like the son in our story, you have to make that decision. You have to make the decision to return home. And let me tell you, it's not a hard arduous journey or a long way back it's just one step so maybe today you're going to decide to come back home to God and to receive God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ and be fully welcomed and fully restored into God's family amen let us pray together
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this celebration that we can have on this Resurrection Sunday. We thank you that Jesus is not still up there on that cross and he's not still in that grave, but that he is risen. And so, God, as we experience the power of the resurrection today, we thank you for the forgiveness forgiveness that you offer to us. The power to wipe the slate clean and the power that we can have when we return home as a son or a daughter. We thank you for welcoming us back home. Today, O oh God, we gladly receive your forgiveness. And now we pray that you would help us to grow and to understand more and more about what it means to follow you. But we pray this in Christ's name, our risen Savior. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart today. We're going to sing in just a moment, number 134, Jesus paid it all. And indeed, Jesus did pay it all. And by doing that, he cleared the path back home. Nothing stands between us and and God anymore except for ourselves. And so maybe it's time for you to get yourself out of the way and come on home. Come back to God. That's what God bids us to do. You know, the scripture says that God's a selfish God. You know what he means by that? It means he wants you more than anything else in the world. He wants you more than anything else in the world. He wants to have that relationship with you more than you want to have it with God. And I can promise you that the relationship that we have with God, that's what home is like. It's a place where we're happy. It's a place where we are fulfilled. It's where we belong. So if you need to come home to God today, we invite you to come and make that decision. Or maybe you just need to make it in in the quietness of your own heart. But if you'd like to come and to share that, we'd be glad to, to hear you and to pray with you and to talk with you and to celebrate with you. Or perhaps you're looking for a church home. We invite you to come and unite with our church as we seek to be God's people in this place. If God's dealing in your heart anyway, we invite you to come as we sing, Jesus paid it all. Would you come?
me remind everyone that if you would like some burgoo, you can go back to the kitchen, and, and we invite you to, uh, to take advantage of our family photo today, and you can go back to the Pepsi machine <laughs> and, uh, and sign up for that, and, and we'll be glad to take your, your photo and, and send that to you today, um, this week. Let's bow for our benediction. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are glad for this opportunity to worship a risen Savior. The one whom the people rejected and hung on the cross has become the cornerstone of our lives. And and this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our sight. So send us forth, O God, as your people. People of your resurrection. Give us your strength to live forgiven lives. Powerful lives, purposeful lives in your spirit. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus lives.